We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Verse 20, chapter 26, verse 36, the NIV version. Matthew 26, 36, NIV. Matthew 26, 36, the NIV. See, I got it when you get there. All right, I'll read for you. Um, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Why he asked Peter? There was three of them there. (laughs) Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. And the Son of Man is, de- is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. May shout amen. We started out this series with a, uh, a definition, and I want to throw it up for you um, so that you can refresh your memory. I know that we write down notes, but we don't necessarily keep them. I think y'all humor me when I tell you to write it down. You got them. Uh, the definition of the noise that we want to address in this series um, is, is written out as this, overwhelming unbridled thoughts and or emotions that diminish my ability to focus on what is most important and what is truth. I'm going to read that again. As a matter of fact, say it with me. Overwhelming, unbridled thoughts and or emotions that diminish my ability to focus on what is most important and what is truth. <clears throat> now, this is my, my opinion. I believe that our definition of noise perfectly depicts the condition of Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We find Jesus moments away from saving humanity, and he is in the Garden of Gethsemane trying to turn down the noise. I believe for me, when I, when I read into this and Jesus saying that I'm overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, I heard in my mind that the emotions of Jesus were starting to speak louder than his purpose. 
and he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to deal with them. What I, what I like about Jesus is that he resorted to the only thing that he knew that could turn down the noise, and that was to go pray. Yeah, he wanted his boys to be with him, and he, and he wanted some, 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 some support. But the one thing that he knew that he had to go do was to go pray, pray. And what I wanted to tell you today is that the most effective way to turn down the noise in your mind and, and, and to get your emotions under control is to have a sound prayer life. The moment before Jesus takes center stage and saves the world, he has to go get his mind right. I think it's vitally important for us to understand that the most effective way to sustain yourself in this earth is to make sure that you have a prayer life because the, 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 the spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. And what that means to me is that the, the frailty of humanity has to have some supplement in order to be able to pull off a purpose. You, you thought all you needed was some protein. And some vitamin C. But because you're human, in order to pull off your purpose, you've got to have some spiritual supplement. So Jesus goes to the to Garden of Gethsemane to, to get his supplement to make sure he can pull this thing off. And what's funny is like you sometimes you it feels like you have to be forced to pray. If something bad happens, we go pray. We, we jump on our knees. But what Jesus does, he consistently prays. Because what you're going to find out is that the Garden of Gethsemane wasn't a place that he just showed up to on that day. He always went to that garden. Okay. So let's find what we can apply in this narrative. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to work? I only got two yes. Y'all ready to work? Okay. You're going to need your Bible today. Make sure you get it out. If you didn't come with a Bible, shame on you. All right. <clears throat> Verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. My first point for today is unveiled pressure. Say that with me. Unveil. Pressure. Jesus knows that his moment um, to fulfill this purpose uh, on this earth has come. Um, and I'm told that he has his last meal. Um, they say the details of that meal, that he had a, a bone in ribeye, some truffle mac and cheese, <laughs> some well-done Brussels sprouts, and a banana's foster to top it off. He does his final farewells, and uh, he makes his way to a place that he visited frequently throughout his ministry, which was the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane literally means olive press. Um, olives are brought to this place, and they're put under immense pressure to extract the essential oils that are within the flesh. It is this place that Jesus goes to to unveil the pressure that he's dealing with. I, I want to I make sure this is clear in your mind, is that Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to unveil his pressure. It wasn't exposed. 
You see, when something's exposed, it sneaks up on you, and it, it shows up any time that it feels like, and it's not asked for. It, is, it, is, it, is, it just jumps on you. Uh, typically, they expose like a scandal. I mean, it just, this just shows up. But Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to unveil the pressure he was up under. And I would say to you that you would rather much prefer for your pressure to be unveiled before God than for it to show up on you on center stage of your life. <laughs> I've, I've, um, my mother-in-law bought me an Instapot. Anybody has an Instapot? I have an Instapot. I got a big one. It's nice. I love the thing. You put your meat in there. And it was funny. She made me laugh because, like, you know, we had a crock pot. And uh, she's like, Monzel, no one uses a crock pot anymore. Like, all right. <laughs> so but she buys me this Instant Pot, and the thing is amazing. It cooks food. Like, we cook, like, two roasts in, like, in two hours or something crazy like that. It was amazing. But this thing is all built behind pressure. That's the technology. It puts pressure inside of this pot. And it, it lets you know when it's done. And it'll say once it gets down to zero, it releases the pressure. And if you try to open it before the pressure is released, it won't open. Because it knows that if pressure is not handled properly, it will break things and damage things. You need to make sure that your pressure is handled properly before your father. Because if it's not handled properly, you could damage things in your life and, and, and mess up things that should not be touched. The instant pot won't even let you in there until all the pressure is released properly. There's a proper way to get rid of your pressure. There's a proper way to handle it. And the safest place to get rid of your pressure is before your father. You see, it, it, oh my God, Instagram is not the place to release your pressure. Social media is not the place to release your pressure because people will have an opinion of you based upon how you feel in this moment. Can I say it like this? Sometimes you can't even tell your spouse what's on your mind right now. Oh gosh. There is a safe place 24 hours a day that you can go before your father and tell him what is ever on your mind. He says, listen, I'm about to lose it. But the, just the pressure of being me is starting to make me buckle. And I don't know what to do, daddy. So I'm coming to you to let you know that I feel pressure. We look for all sorts of releases. And we wish we could tell some people some things, but I'm trying to get you to understand the best place and the safest place for you to go is to your father in prayer. Okay. Let's get some more. Let's go to point number two. <clears throat> Verse 39. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Point number two, write this down. It is unanswered petition. <clears throat> Say that with me, unanswered, unanswered. Petition. petition. Now, Jesus exercises for us uh, in this prayer a, a very powerful aspect of prayer that is often misunderstood and misused. What I, what I found here in, in Jesus asking the question that he asked is that we have the freedom to ask God for whatever we want. We can, we can petition him to do whatever we want him to do. 
that does not mean that he is going to do what I ask. And the tension that we typically have with God is that I know that you can do, but I don't understand why you didn't do. Y'all don't want to be. <laughs> no, no, no. I know that you're God all powerful because I sing these songs. You're a God of miracle. I get it. We, we, we sing all of these songs. And when he doesn't do the miracle, then I question if he is the God of miracles. Jesus is born into this world to take on the totality of sin for all of mankind. He is now getting ready to face his moment of truth, and Jesus gets overwhelmed with the details of his purpose. In taking on the sin of the world, Jesus realizes or he understands that the moment he takes on the sin of the world, he becomes the object of his father's wrath. So Jesus knew that in that moment when I take on this sin, my father is going to turn his back on me. And I can't stand the idea of not being in perfect harmony with my father for any moment. So the cup was not the issue. He says, may this cup pass from me. The cup was not the issue. It was what was in the cup was the issue for Jesus. So once he realizes that, listen, I can't do without being in relationship with my father, he goes to his father and says, daddy, listen. I don't want to change your will, but can I change a few details? I, I, I just want to, I, I, want to, I want to change a few details. Now, within the sovereignty of God, there is a modicum of autonomy that he gives us to change things through prayer. He gives us a small amount of flexibility within his sovereignty to change things through prayer. The reason, the reason why I say things is because oftentimes when we get on our knees, we're trying to change the mind of God. Mm -mm. You can change things. You can't change God's mind. Okay. I don't think you got it. Because here's the thing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He never changes. So he will give you some flexibility to change a thing. You're not going to change his mind. Okay. okay. Um, for this series, um, we, we, this is the graphic for the series. You see, um, it's a pretty dope graphic. You like this graphic? Clap if you like the graphic. I'm just checking to make sure. <laughs> because I created the graphic. Um, so my typical process is this, right? So God will give me a series, and then I'll go create a graphic. I'm not that talented, but when I put all of my effort into a graphic, I want to make sure it's good. So typically what I do is I send it to my girlfriend, my wife, if you didn't translate that correctly. So, <clears throat> so I, was, I was sitting at my desk. I just finished the graphic, and I texted it to her. Now, she's upstairs, and I texted it to her. And then she texts me back, and she says, I like it, but can I adjust the, 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 the word a little bit, like the, the feeling of the word? Can I edit the words? And I said, sure. Like, go for it. Now, if she would have texted me back and said, um, babe, um, can I change the color, take the girl out and put a flower in there? Um, let's change the title and all stuff. No. <laughs> because you're making a revision of my vision. 
I've already invested the time to make this happen. You're not going to come in the ninth hour and tell me that you want to change what I just created. So then, right, this is, this is so, so give them the, give them the, the, that is what I made. But then she comes behind me and gives me this one. You see, the, the, just a subtle difference? Listen to me. God is not going to allow you to change the canvas, but you can play with the colors. He'll let you play with the colors. But oftentimes when we get on our knees, we are praying that God will revise his will. You've got to understand who God is. and He doesn't play like that. What he basically says, when you say that, go pound sand because it's not going to happen. This is unfruitful for you to even pray this. We have to understand what God's will is so we can understand our amount of flexibility that we have to change things. Okay, y'all acting like I ain't saying nothing up in here this morning. Write this down. I know it's a little bit long, but I want you to write this down. God does not mind us presenting him with our preference, but we have to be okay when he responds with his will. God does not mind us presenting him with our preference, but we have to be okay when he responds with his will. Why? Because I cannot change God's will. I cannot change his will. I cannot change his mind. He gives me flexibility within the sovereignty of who he is. Y'all good? Let's get the next one. I told you I have to work today, man. Y'all came here to play and look at me, entertain you. No, we working. I see y'all taking notes. I'm going to give you a second. <clears throat> Tell me when I can go. Well, I heard a whole up. I want to make sure we got it. Say it again. This is the kind of church we are. We get to say You sure? Okay. Um. God does not mind us presenting him with our preference, but we have to be okay when he responds with his will. Yes? Let's go to verse 40. Then when he returned to his disciples, he found them sleeping. Couldn't you men watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Third point is unassuming shift. Say that with me. Unassuming shift. Okay, keep your Bible out or your notes because you're going to have to do something in a second. Now, I've been in church basically all of my life. Um, and I've heard this text preach, I don't know, 50 times, 100 times, several times. And I've always heard it said that Jesus prayed the same prayer three times. Who's ever heard that? Jesus went back and prayed the same thing three times. Now, this is the kind of church that we are. We're going to pay attention to the scripture. I'm not saying that everybody else is wrong. I'm just telling you what we got. Okay? I'm just telling you what the scripture says. All right, let's look. Now, let's go to verse 39. You have your Bible? 
because you're going to have to do something. Do you have your Bible? Good night. Verse 39, let's pay close attention. Watch this. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, comma, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. We got that. Okay, what I want you to underline is, right after he says, my father, which you know how important that is from our workshop yesterday. If it is possible, underline that. If it is possible. Yes? Now, let's go to verse 42. Then it says, he went away a second time and prayed. And then he says, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Now, I want you to watch the subtle shift because there's just a word in there. In verse 39, Jesus entered his prayer with questions. But by verse 42, he had affirmations. But let me help you now. Consistency in prayer will help you start to bend your will to God's will. Now, check this out. They say he went to pray the same prayer three times. We don't even have a record of what he prayed the third time. But it says that he prayed the same thing. My thing is, he prayed the same prayer that he prayed on the second time. He came out of this thing with an affirmation or a bent will towards God's will. That is what a prayer life gives you. I can walk into it with a bunch of questions, but if I keep praying about it, my will will start to become his will. He, he, he starts to give me a bias to, toward the way that he thinks and the way that he feels the more often that I come into his presence. Oh, gosh. The more that I get out on my knees and the more that I open up my heart to him, I start to feel like him. Jesus walked into this thing saying, listen, I don't think I can do this, daddy. But by the time it was over, he said, let's go. Let's go make this thing happen. Because there was a subtle shift through his prayer. Here's the thing. We don't think prayer is very effective, but it's an unassuming shift. Because it happens with consistency. It happens because I go down on my knees every single day and I say, Father, have your way in me. It's a small, subtle thing that takes place over a period of time. People cry, oh, I prayed about that. Well, how many times did you pray about it? Listen to me now. He prayed three times about the same thing. Well, I didn't gave that to Jesus. No, you mean you saying that you gave up on it. Jesus hit his knees until things changed in him. I might not get what I want, but it's changed inside of me. And what's funny is by the time you get done praying, what you wanted, you don't want it no more. I remember when I first learned to pray, like seriously start praying. And I prayed about tangible things all the time. And it's not a bad place to start because you got to start somewhere. But you got to start, you got to learn to pray, right? But the more that I started to pray, the more that I started to take on in my prayer things of his heart. So my, when I initially, Lord, just bless my family and bless my finances and you know, keep me on my job and keep us here and do this and do that, God. And it was all tangible. But then I got to a space, Lord, let my desires be yours. 
That doesn't happen on day one. Listen to me, y'all. Jesus was in perfect relationship with his father, and he had to go back and pray three times. What makes you think that you can pray about it one time? Okay. I prayed that he would change, and he never changes. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? In the process of you praying about him changing, God will change you so you fit him better. Ooh. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. Okay, let's push. I'm laughing too much because I'm supposed to be serious. Let's go to point number four. Verse 44 is where we're going to land. It's our last point for today. Okay. Oh, you're taking notes. My bad. Go ahead, take your notes. Verse 44. Y'all ready? So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. See, he didn't even tell us what he prayed about. Verse 45, then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. I'm going to pause right there. This is not my point, but that sticks out to me because there is an hour to pray and there's an hour to take action. You do not want to miss your hour to pray. I could go, oh, gosh. You see, you wonder why you keep getting defeated at work. It's because you missed your hour to pray. You wonder why the conversation with South is because you missed your hour to pray. Okay. That's not my point. I got to keep pushing. Let's drop that off to see what y'all would do with it. Verse 45. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Verse 46 is where we're going to stop. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Fourth point, final point, is untapped strength. Say it with me, untapped. untapped. Strength. I want you to pay close attention to the contrast between the Jesus that went into prayer and the Jesus that came out of this prayer. The Jesus that went into prayer had questions. The Jesus that came out had a resolve. The Jesus that went into prayer was looking for a way out, way out of this thing. And the Jesus that came out of prayer was looking for a way in. In verse 46, he says, rise, let us go so I can go face my moment. I, listen, I went, I, I went into tears this morning reading that again. Because it let me know that I'm missing out on strength that is available to me through prayer. Jesus was a wreck. He was a wreck. This doesn't sound like a Jesus, Jesus, but he was a wreck. He says, this thing is about to make me buckle and I don't know what to do. And I need y'all to come pray with me. But by the time he finished his prayer, he tapped into some strength that he did not have before he went into it. So my, my, my question is to you, why don't you have a prayer life? Because you keep losing the battles of life for no reason. You see, you've got power available to you. You have strength available to you. Jesus not only says, I'm going to take this on. He tells them, let us, let us go. Let us rise and let us go. Get up so we can get this thing done. And it all came. Through Jesus tapping into strength 
through prayer. That lets me know that there is no boundaries that my prayer can't reach. When I, when I feel weak in my mind and I feel weak in my emotions, the place that I have to go to is my prayer. I was about to say my prayer closet, which I might take me literally. My closet, I mean, my prayer closet is in my office and there's no doors on my office. But wherever that you can go have an intimate moment with God on a consistent basis is where you have to go. Jesus went far enough so that he can go pray away from his friends. They were in the earshot. Somebody heard him praying. What I want you to understand is that there's power in your prayer. There's strength available to you, to you in your prayer. And if you don't tap into that, you will continue to fail and get beat by the same devils. You will be conquered by the same problems that were conquering you 10 years ago. Because without a prayer life as a supplement for you and your spirit, man, you will not be able to fight back. Stand to Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.